I'm going to need to go to the handheld mic. Can you hear me? Or are you good? Coming through with loud and clear back. We are now. We're all awake. Okay. Summon for uh, Pastor Steve today. And uh, for those of you who can't get enough of me and uh, get around me, then those of you who are going to the 11 o'clock Sunday school class, I'll be there as well. Even that. Um, we're going to continue on. This is uh, Pastor Steve's uh, sermon series. Uh, they continue here with uh, out of 1 Samuel 18, uh, verses 5 to 16, which is part of the friends, enemies, and our adversary. Look out for enemies, part one. You know, we have some people who have wronged us, and there are some that we accidentally have wronged. But thinking back on this, I was thinking back to my high school days, uh, probably the summer between my, uh, my between my junior and senior year of high school. I gone up to the track to run, have an old stopwatch, you know, an old 60 minutes looking at the stopwatch, you know, the analog. I was up there running, came up, and uh, a friend of mine came up, you know, to catch up with me. And so I had just finished running, and so we were each on our side back, you know, in our cars, each, each of which had plenty of horsepower, so we just wanted to try it out. Well, you know, I made a mistake of telling my friend, you know what, I have a stopwatch. Tell me, uh, I can clock you at zero to sixty. Yeah, that was all well and good, except that we had just crossed over, uh, we're going up Morrisville Highway, this is back in Atlanta where, where I grew up, crossed over Morrisville Highway where you have Interstate 285, where, and then there's a stretch, kind of like Dixie, there's kind of, there, there are those stretches between traffic lights, this one we have a few miles. So I said, okay, you know, I'm thinking, all right, I'm in my car, and he's, and he's in his, so I'm going to, I'm going to time you, and just before we're about to take off, Behind him, this DeKalb County police car. Oh, no. I had a CD in my car, and of course, back then, he didn't have cell phones. But if he had had a CD, I could have helped him possibly. I couldn't flash my lights, because I'm kind of behind him. I'm going, oh, man. And he takes off. He doesn't see the police car behind him. None of that, but all of a sudden, now, he's building distance. I'm going, oh, no. I'm just going, oh man, just he's leaving, he's done. Sure enough, I know the lights. I'm going, man, that was such a bad idea. I'm not I felt bad. And then, you know, of course, after he received his ticket and then uh, went home, I walked down to his house to be there with his dad. We had to explain to his dad what happened. Okay, you know what? Uh, accidents do happen, things. Uh, People sometimes uh, inadvertently do things that hurt us, and we inadvertently do things that hurt others. But in this case here, what we're going to look at today out of uh, 1 Samuel 18 is that there, but there are some people who do us wrong, to hurt us, to knock us down. These are folks who do this thing on purpose, and they are called enemies. And you can see here, first, if you're taking notes, uh, the first point here, an enemy is an opposing force. There are only two times in your life when you don't have any enemies. 
When you're dead, when you're all your enemies are dead. <laughs> a reporter, okay, he tells Pastor Steve, a reporter was interviewing an old man on his hundredth birthday. What are you most proud of? He asked. Well, said the man, I don't have an enemy in the world. Poor thought. What a beautiful thought. How inspirational. Said the reporter. Yet, at the centenarian, I'll lift every last one of them. We will not, we will not outlive our enemies. Then we have, no, we have Christian enemies, which is the world. According to James 4, the adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. The world is not your friend. It wants to destroy you. It wants to destroy your family. Sometimes the world is a system. Sometimes it is a person. I mean, I have one thing more, though. Also in that, according to James 4, 4, a few, a few uh, verses down is resist the devil and he will flee. Next we have is the flesh. According to Romans 7.18 I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. Our flesh here is our sin nature. It's because of this sin nature that we need a Savior. In me is no good thing. My flesh tells me to do things uh, and think things and want things that are wrong. Contrary to the Spirit. Paul says, crucify, crucify the flesh daily. Yet it is that flesh that the one of eyes is that, is that thing directs you from your mind to your heart and then if you crucify the flesh hopefully you will pull up and not act on it but sometimes though there are those moments when the flesh overwhelms us and we jump into it with both feet number three is that we have the devil according to Ephesians 6 11 Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. One of the things I do each morning, each day, is to pray the armor of God. When I went to a conference down the board, it's one of those things when you personalize it. The armor of God. And in prayer I go, Lord, help me protect me about the truth around my loins. Help me to wear the breastplate of righteousness. Help me to be shot in preparation. Help me to the shield of saving faith. I'm going to wear the helmet of salvation. We have the sword of spirit. The only Holy Spirit can wield. I'm going to pray in all times and all seasons. We need the Holy Spirit. Pray that daily. Personalize it. Make it yours. Make sure you have that armor. Because the enemy's going to come at you. So try to find that area in your armor. You're prepped up. You're read up. You're prayed up. There are going to be those times there that even in the middle of prayer, all of a sudden you go, where is this thought coming from? 
enemy uh, shooting those fiery darts at you, where you have that shield, where you have that helmet on to deflect those thoughts, to keep those thoughts on Christ, coming back, focusing back, thinking about these hymns that we just that we just say. That there are those times when you're caught up in the middle of all of the stuff that you sing and you think about the biblical truths in those hymns. You think about the biblical truths, of course, in the Bible, which is all truth. And it can uh, fight off the wiles of the devil. Satan is a real being. It appears in God's word. That you protest your seed today is that Jesus, well, seven times more is what's about hell and what's about devil than in heaven. First of all, you have no, no enemy, so you know, you know what to avoid. But also, we see here that Satan is alive and well in the world. We see disgusting acts from history, but they the Holocaust. You look at the 9 11, September 11th attacks. And look at the things that occur in the Holocaust daily. Last week, we looked at the relationship. There's a minimum of three forces. And in this case, here is the force of Satan. Well, those are the leaders I mean. They will face one of those enemies in our message today a person, his father in law, his mentor, his best friend Jonathan's dad. Saul, because of his jealousy, is about to become David's enemy. How will David respond? Let's find out. You're saying to yourself, well, self, why is, uh, why is Saul upset with David? What did David do? The simple answer is that David did the job. And Verse 6. Now it happened when they were coming home. David, David was returning from the slaughter in the, Phil, uh, the Philistines that the women had come out of, of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul and tambourine his boy musical instruments. So the women sang they danced and said Saul has claimed his thousands and David his ten thousands so you can see that David was trending high on Twitter that day. He had number one. Saul was number two and didn't like it. So that Saul was very angry and saying, and, and the saying displeased him. And they tried with David for 10,000. To me, he tried only thousands. Now what more can we have in the kingdom? So Saul's eyes were kind of watching kind of weary eyes towards David after that. So how did David respond? We're looking at our at our series for this chapter Brendan. Today we'll have to be Let's go back up one to uh, verse five. So David went wherever Saul sent him, and he came wisely. And Saul sent him over the men and shore, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's presence. 
Of the fear of the Lord 